Hello there folks and thanks for tuning into the podcast. Today we speak about cloud kitchens. What is a cloud kitchen? Cloud kitchens are the restaurant brands that you love and order from on your food ag- aggregator platforms like Swiggy and Zomato, but you never see a storefront in real life. These brands are basically delivery only restaurants forming a new segment of the F&B industry called dark kitchens or cloud kitchens. We speak with Sahej Kukreja of Shepherd Foods who own and operate brands like Pomp Pizza on My Plate, Delhi Salad Co, Bimbo Burger in My Box and a couple more up and coming brands operating out of New Delhi. Being foodies ourselves and with a vested interest in the industry, it was great speaking with Sahej. He shares his journey into this space and he also shares his insight on the industry and what a post covid future holds for it. Let's get right into it. ज Thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs> this is where we queue claps and uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, so if I I don't know if I did the uh, the right justice to your introduction. So if you would please add to it and yeah, okay, maybe so. maybe share us share a little bit more about uh, you know your journey so far. Okay, so I'll begin with how Shepherd Foods was incorporated in the January of two thousand eighteen. when my so it was probably sometime in uh, later 2017 when my partner and i we were sitting with a few friends somewhere in vasant vihar in new delhi and we tried ordering uh, a pizza at probably 132 am in the night the pizza first of all the pizza came in about an hour and a half late a b it was cold so of course something that's coming in about an hour and a half late has to be cold and uh, i would probably rate that experience for on 10 and in subsequent coming weeks we kept having like you know we kept ordering in just to see what the market was like because yes there was a noise back then that there are a few brands which are doing extremely well clocking in good numbers and me being from the industry i always was curious how to get in and like you know at what point at what point should i get into the industry so we incorporated this uh, company 2017 from the vision of opening a pizza brand and opening multiple outlets going forward so but like you know we st- we we got a place we got a rental place probably in uh, january of 2017 we started our operations in may of 2017 which was 5 months from then so for 5 months we had to literally sit down every day and conceptualize on what we really wanted to do i mean yes we wanted to do pizzas but what was the price point we could be doing a 100 rupee pizza we could be doing a 600 rupee pizza identifying the right market what was the tg that we were looking at and us being pseudo south delhi boys we had to do something which was more than just a little expensive so and <laughs> we came up with the pom pizza on my plate i mean i'm 25 my partner's 25 and we believe there is a good tg like you know millennials that we um, understand and like we are, we, are, we are from the same age group so what are the issues of a bachelor staying away from home ordering in at 1 am 
a no cutlery no plates that is a given and b they want their food asap so that is one thing which we found these were the two gaps that we really wanted to fill in but with food the basic problem that we understood was food was only food no one was trying to deliver an experience beyond food i mean i wouldn't say we were the first ones we did not have a first mover advantage we did not like we were probably the 100th uh, player who had come into the market at that point but yes i mean there weren't a lot of people who were trying to deliver an experience beyond food hence we started with let's say the pizza box in itself was slightly unique why was the pizza box unique we so uh, living by the name pizza on my plate our box converts into four plates it's perforated on the top and on the bottom so whatever so whatever leftover pizza you have you can turn the bottom part of the box into a convertible box which is very easy to put in the fridge like i mean you don't for, for leftover pizza you don't have to put the entire pizza box in the fridge you can just convert it into half and put it in there and yes the top of the box converts into four plates so with Sorry. that yeah i i actually have a question here before yeah. uh, before you go deeper into explain the business which is you clearly outlined the like the problem space which is a bachelor 1 am looking to get food yeah. and and that's it super simple how did you make the decision of going in the cloud kitchen route versus opening a brick and mortar store and and if you can explain to people who don't understand like what a cloud kitchen is if you can give a brief of like what that actually means like what is a cloud kitchen i mean so trying to putting in put it in uh, simple terms a cloud kitchen is a delivery only restaurant that does not have any physical space for dining in most so 90% or 100% of the business in a cloud kitchen is driven through online food aggregators or an online ordering enabled website or a mobile app which the restaurant might develop for themselves restaurant here being cloud kitchen so yes and i mean it's basically a restaurant with no dine in and for the very same reason just because it is into deliveries it does not have to be on a high street spot it can yeah. probably be in a in an area not so like you know expensive i would say please so yeah from an operating cost and everything and setup it's it's pretty seamless in that you don't have to identify like a hot spot you don't have to set up all of like the dining experiences you can just like find a kitchen somewhere and and get started yes and uh, answering your other question why a cloud kitchen and not a dine in or a cafe yeah. it's 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 a, it's a fairly easy answer here it has to be the capital that goes in i mean i was i was 23 when i started my partner was 23 and we did not want to our parents as such did not want us to bet a lot of money on this venture so yes capital was one thing other thing was we were driven by the fact that people were moving towards ordering in also i mean we could we could see there was a hot spot that we could uh, play into so why not yeah i mean that 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 being the reason and also zomato commissions were back then zomato swiggy commissions back then weren't so uh, regressive i would say so it was fairly easy for us to get ourselves onboarded get good commissions which of course like you know aggregators with traffic coming in with a lot of restaurants coming in and getting themselves onboarded it's not so easy and they do not they're not very economical about it i i actually cut you off when you were explaining how you were innovative with uh, your entire product uh, where you were talking about the pizza box and breaking that out into like plates and cutlery so if you can just talk a little bit more and and our trials so yes the box was innovative a 
second was we had to understand what happens to a pizza when it is delivered compared to what happens to a pizza when you eat it right there like you know when you when you're in a dine in restaurant you order a pizza it comes to you very hot on a plate however when you're ordering in of course it will not be hot but how do you keep it a little better than cold so probably let's say lukewarm and that's exactly why so you know the basic problem with the pizza getting cold is not the pizza getting cold it is about the dough losing its moisture so when the dough loses its moisture it gets really chewy and for that very problem we started sending small vials of chili olive oil along with every pizza which was probably a very which was a factor which set us apart from other players people wanted to order just to see what a small vial of olive oil looks like and uh, it was in 2018 only like our first order went out with a small sachet of uh, sanitizer most people back then did not know what a sanitizer was and because we were using i mean this this might come out come off as a silly mistake also but we started giving sanitizers which were basil flavored lemon flavored and what people thought was everything that comes in that condominium package uh, <laughs> everything that comes in the government packet is to be put on the pizza so people started putting and a lot of them a lot of them weren't like you know they were probably ashamed to call us and ask us what happens if we consume it the ones who called expected a replacement but for what i mean it's clearly written it's not to be consumed so it's not edible but uh, yeah i mean that did happen with us and uh, yeah so coming to the point okay so the pizza business started in uh, the may of 2018 we started beating the veterans of our very industry in the second month i mean we had surpassed the sales of the best of the of the person who had the highest market share in south delhi in the second or the third month of our business itself but like you know while we were starting in april there was we were a little skeptical i mean we were skeptical at a stage where we thought what if the business does not run so what is the next best option of a cuisine that we can do from the same kitchen and we had a very we had rented a very small 400 300 square feet place from where we started our operations so we thought if this does not do well let's side by side also start a salad brand i mean we want to we wanted to hedge our bets like you know we set up a salad brand with a few like you know with a few of the best possible chefs got them on board they were on a retainer for about 6 months before we started the salad brand but it was only around october 2018 when we set that like you know when we launched that uh, salad brand from the money that the retained of profits that we had from pom so as founders we did not have to put in any money to start that brand in an altogether different location in an altogether different setup the entire capex came from the retained earnings of pom we had we made that much money in 3 4 5 months yes but we did realize not every brand does very good numbers and it is not necessary that every player performs well so opening the salad kitchen opening the salad brand in a different outlet in a different setup altogether with different like you know staff managers chefs delivery boys it came off to be a very loss making uh, thing like we burnt we burnt cash there of course we burnt cash and our beta in, in a few months was probably around minus 300% over <laughs> i mean also because the food cost for salad is not a very controlled factor so people feel that it's fairly easy to deliver healthy food salad but it's not i mean because lettuce iceberg all of so all of these exotic vegetables tend to lose like you know they they get dark like they get dark in color or probably there's there's a lot of care that goes into handling lettuce iceberg a lot of like you know imported vegetables that use avocados as a matter of fact 
so yes the food cost was quite tight for us for that brand and now now we about a year ago we realized it makes more sense for us to run all of our brands under one roof hence we moved on to from a single store single uh, brand model to a multi store single unit model mm-hmm. so we have like 3 4 5 brands running from our base kitchen now from our from all our kitchens actually got it so from when you started can you tell us what those brands are our brands are pomp pizza on my plate our burger brand is called bimbo burger in my box we have a salad brand called delhi salad company and we are launching a shakes and a doner brand very soon probably by the end of this month okay. nice yeah and from so your we'll first uh, first kitchen to the next kitchen what was the you know shift in terms i mean how long did it take for you to move from your first kitchen to your next kitchen and also how big was your first kitchen comp- i mean or how big is your second kitchen compared to your first kitchen our first kitchen was when we started it was uh, 300 square feet then we took a shop right next to it made it a square feet setup but then that space also started uh, falling short of like for us so we had to shift into a bigger space which is now almost about uh, 2000 plus 1000 square feet so we have 1000 square feet under office Thousand about nine hundred square feet under our warehouse and eleven hundred square feet under kitchens in the same building. But it took us almost about a year to a year, a year and a half to get on to our second outlet because we did not want to expand in a very unorganized manner. It's very easy to open five outlets. I mean, it we can we can open five outlets in five days. We can be cutting ribbons everywhere wherever we want. But it's not the wisest thing to do. It's not the wisest thing to expand without. i would say a very strong cemented background like back end because you don't want things to go haphazard you want to get a lot of standardization in your processes and in your taste of course because someone who's had your pizza in south delhi would not want or would not appreciate different taste in probably in gurgaon and your second outlet also houses all it the is, brands yes it houses all the brands but it's a fairly smaller outlet in terms of area it is almost about 500 square feet And why five hundred square feet? Because we do not. It's more of an assembly line and not a preparation ground for us. So everything that is sent out in from that kitchen is sent out in a like you know semi-cooked form, and it's just assembled there. Got it. Got it. I want to understand like what's your competition like? Uh, initially, you mentioned you know getting a pizza in like under thirty minutes and at like one a.m. Uh, there are existing like big brands, like say Domino's and Pizza Hut, to kind of promise the the under thirty minute delivery. So that's one segment of competition. And the other part is like obviously the dine-in restaurants, where when people pass by on the streets, they see a big board and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to order from this place the next time." So, so, so are you competing with like some of these big delivery pizza chains? And also, like, what's it like to sort of bite into the dine-in restaurant market share? I mean, yes, the market is a lot about enjoying a higher market share. But and talking about our uh, competitors, I would say it's directly funded competitors like Domino's. Like uh, we have uh, Oven Story, which is a fast food brand. We have Mojo Pizza, which is a box set brand. But like you know, how we see it is seventeen outlets of a Mojo Pizza brand does lesser orders than one of our outlets. Wow. So, And twenty-one outlets of Avon Story do lesser orders than what we do in South Delhi. So from one outlet, that too. So I mean, there our direct competition has to be Domino's because Domino's has now become a very like you know a taste where even even we as founders of our own company like you know 
we we have dominoes once a month because that is something there's just so much nostalgia in that taste no matter if you like it or not you order it yeah. it's the same yeah. as mcdonald's they don't they they they've they never claimed to have sent out they you know made the best burgers but there's just so much memories and there's just so much uh, like you know nostalgia to it that you have it every now and then Mm-hmm. Are talking about a direct competition? Yes, there are a few local players. There are a few hundred players that we compete against, but it's not a winner-take-all market. I mean, everyone has a fair share of uh, business that they do. Everyone makes sure that they're afloat at all good times. So it's a it's a it's a fairly huge market. All you have to try doing is get customers, get enough customers that help you grow and sustain. If in case you don't want to expand beyond the certain point, like there are people who just operate with the basic ideology that I want to do thirty thousand rupees in sales every day, so that I'm clocking a net nine lakhs every month. The the number that you mentioned in terms of uh, what you guys are doing versus these other guys are these numbers as of date? These are uh, publicly available on Zomato. Okay. So the matter after since the lockdown has started just to build trust in consumers. So yeah, they show, they show on the app uh, how many X number of orders. Recorded to that and it's it's real time. Like we keep checking every day. Oh, okay. And and is there like do you have any ideas to like why that's the case? Like obviously I'm assuming like your pizza like taste and brand is like superior, which could be like one of the reasons why like your numbers are better than the other brands. But are there any other factors why their Open. business is like? I mean, I would just try concluding this. Uh, like you know, why we do better numbers, or why Domino's does better numbers than most of the other players, is also because most pizza brands are trying to be Domino's. Mm. It's the same. I mean, I would talk about a few funded players. They have spent so much money into trying to copy processes that Domino's does. No one wants to really stand out with their offering. I mean, I know that I cannot. be dominoes in their comfort zone i cannot try sending a pizza in 25 minutes and try giving the same taste as they do what i can do is try sending a decent to good pizza in 40 minutes and be a little unique about my entire offering i cannot be dominoes it's very tough because dominoes does not claim it's a food company it's more of a logistics powered food company hmm. just how mcdonald's is more of a real estate company than a food company Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting situation. Yeah. I mean, so McDonald's, besides India, everywhere they open, they buy out the land that they're opening a store on. It's also because they are side by side, side by side investing in the real estate. Domino's logistics is so good. I mean, if you look at it, it takes a lot of process building to send out a pizza to a customer in under twenty-five minutes. So, so from a thirty-minute promise, they've come down to a twenty-five-minute promise. There's a reason for it. Their processes, yeah. and it takes time to build a very smart logistics team. They don't deliver beyond three kilometer radius because they know they have enough customers who want to order from them in that given three kilometer radius. So I would call it being slightly ballsy, but yes, that's what works for them. Fair enough. So now you you do have so many orders and everything coming in. You pretty much an established business and everything. I just want to understand what did you do in the beginning to get these customers on board, these volumes on board? Was there some sort of a marketing trick that you employed, or what? What exactly was the factor? Doing, at times, doing nothing is what people want. Hmm. I mean, there are brands who push SMSs every day to their customers, and honestly, besides the e-bill, in the last two and a half years, we haven't pushed a single message. 
Why? Because your SMS, your phone is your personal spot. You, I don't want to intrude some customers' privacy by keep reminding them, okay, I exist, okay, I exist, please order from me. Take a 30% discount. If you don't order today, take a 40% discount tomorrow. But those are discount-driven sales. We don't want discount-driven sales because, I mean, you're not really aiming at the loyalty of a customer. You are aiming at just feeding him once in three months and making sure he orders once in the fourth month. You're not becoming a part of his routine. If you keep pestering them over and over again, and we don't, we, we, uh, we last year, we barely had a 3% spend of our entire GMB on advertisement besides the clicks that we purchase on. Uh, so this is, sorry, this is including the clicks that we purchase on Zomato to get customers. Okay. See, if you, if you're hungry, you won't go to Instagram to order food. You won't go to Facebook to order food. You will go to Zomato or Swiggy or probably your dear restaurant's uh, web app to order. Mm-hmm. It does not make a lot of spend. Okay, yes. For for branding purposes, yes, it's very important. But from advertising purposes, I don't believe it is. So we, we've never really, like, you know, pushed our brands a lot. They, they, they all have their organic journey. I mean, once we feel they're not growing organically, we either pull it off or we make sure that we put some ad budget to like, you know, push it to customers and see how it performs. So your marketing spends are pretty much delivery very organic platforms only. That's interesting. So yeah. all so majority of your business has just come from the delivery apps is sort of ranking models. Like someone's just gone in and searched for pizza and your your, your name is there. So I mean I talk about I, I we don't we are not very heavy on Swiggy. We are we are we majorly work with Zomato, which is India's one of the top food aggregators. Mm-hmm. There are two in the market now. It's more or less become an oligopoly. But we are at a point where we believe that Zomato is fairly organic. I mean, it's organic to a point where there's a funnel. And for you to move up the funnel, you need more orders. But to get more orders, you have to buy clicks. So it, it it's a very, like, you know, I would say it's an infinity loop that they've created. But the point is you somehow, either ways, you have to get on top of the funnel to be more visible. Zomato has now moved on to a very unique uh, app. Like, you know, design wherein you only see three to four players on their screen when like, you know, so let's say if this is a five in screen, you'll only see three players. But to become a part of those three players, you have to be like, you know, they have to really push you. So they don't have to push you. You have to be up there. And also it's a, it's a user intensive uh, platform. So, I mean, Mohit could like uh, pizzas, Karan at the same time could like burgers. So Zomato will probably show a burger brand on his app, but a pizza app or a pizza brand on your app on your phone's uh, Zomato app Got it. talking a little more about Zomato and uh, Swiggy uh, you mentioned that uh, if they, they were not so regressive right in their models what is the transition that you have seen your experience both in terms of in general experience on the platforms and also in terms of commissions right because uh, they are now uh, taking a good chunk of percentage as commissions plus adding on top of that, you know, whatever your ops expense and things like that, right? So how does, how has that math changed from where things were earlier to today? I mean, that that math had to change at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, foolish were the people who did not foresee it. Why would a company, why would a company work on a 0% or a 1% commission for you, with you? Yeah, yeah. It has, you know, at some point, even that company, let's say, employee user base which just sits out of a thousand employees who sit out of their ordering team online ordering team 
they have to pay their salaries they have they have massive expenses they have a massive cash burn how do they at some point now now zomato has very uh, publicly started saying that it wants to go public in the next 2 to 3 years some say probably in 2021 let's hope they do but yes i mean for them to become profitable and for them to stay profitable they have to be selfish i don't think there's anything wrong with them charging higher commissions because you have to backward like go back to your food and see how do you price so all in all the cost of food has to go up to the user a customer cannot expect having a 2 dollar dal makhani all their life a 140 rupee 150 rupee dal makhani all their life the food cost has to to also inflate over a period of time so like a normal customer is not okay paying a 30 rupee delivery charge yeah he is not ready paying a 5 10 rupee packaging charge and he wants a dal makhani in under 100 rupees <laughs> so it is prop then it comes it's up to the restaurant how long they want to burn that cash burn their personal cash to bring in the keep orders, that yeah. yeah and how is the uh, percentage game changed like i think maybe when you guys would have been onboarded i am assuming it would have been we want the, we want the lowest ones of course because we are we are also a two digit player with uh, like you know in commissions but when we are joined in there were players who were at uh, 3% 4% 5% commissions Zomato had a mission give back which lasted almost 18 months and they had uh, veterans of this industry like you know onboarded at 3 4 oh, 5%. Wow. I'm assuming these must be like your uh, wow. dominoes of the world. No, no, no. no. Every 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 city every state had uh, so at that point Zomato was only Zomato had online okay. delivery in Delhi in Bombay. And then they started expanding to other cities. Similarly, uh, Swiggy was only in first in bangalore then i suppose they opened in pune and mumbai so yeah i mean in their respective cities they were charging very low commissions initially to onboard people even like you know if tomorrow you start a business you would first want to educate the customer yeah. so their education cost was low commissions now it's the time for them to reap the benefit of what they've educated us for got it got it and what what according to you you I mean, what do you think is? I mean, in very loose terms, I would say, what do you think is the future for a delivery platform, right? Apart from obviously deliveries, I'm assuming clearly so far, at least in the last, I would say, safe to say, about eight to twelve months, the platforms have obviously, you know, increased their uh, commissions, and uh, there's an add-on fee pretty much on a bunch of things that even a customer orders and things like that. But still, the cash burn is fairly substantial. do you i mean what are the ideas you think they might sort of implement or they might experiment to sort of reduce the cash burn or turn cash flow neutral if not positive i mean see i don't think now they probably touched the threshold beyond which it will not make sense for them they'll they'll face a major backlash from merchants if they increase commissions beyond a certain point i mean you cannot be giving more than 22 23% of your chunk to an aggregator only for order generation and no added service whatsoever but i mean yes they they will have uh, marketing on that platform will be a major thing they'll probably start charging for clicks for ads for your visibility uh, so add ons could be a lot they could be generating money from uh, like you know becoming a full stack company to a point where they also give you groceries they provide delivery to you they uh, also help you with staffing and like you know probably help you with a sozomato is doing it they are they are helping people get job yeah i think that's already happening yeah. in the market so but from from a merchant point of view who runs a small restaurant i believe sooner or later they real they realize that they will have to go back to their uh, 
notebooks and calculators and sit back and work out numbers again based on how to gain profitability you will have to choose between giving food cheap and being profitable so do you want higher margins low number of customers or do you want more customers but you want to pay play a low margin game in that case which is what eat fit was playing it for eat fit was doing fairly good numbers in delhi but they were trying to earn only 10 rupees 20 rupees per uh, order not 100 not, not a 20 30% margin mm. on every order Sir, talking about uh, you know the third important player in this ecosystem, right? Obviously, is the delivery boy ecosystem, right? And off late, we have seen a lot of backlash. You know, we have seen these guys going on strikes and so on and so forth, right? What's your take on their their perspective or you know their story? I'll again take a very diplomatic approach to this. So, most of these guys. they are not full time employees of any of these aggregators they are delivery partners they are not delivery boys so you know this the company does not the company has given them an opportunity to work with them at a certain rate they can work for 6 hours they can work for 4 hours they can work for 8 hours they have targets they meet the targets they get a good amount of money but i don't believe so zomato does not say i have 1000 riders who are my employees they say we have 1000 delivery partners and even if they are on their full time payroll i don't think that uh, i mean see unemployment today in india is so like you know with we 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 clearly have a jobs we clearly have a wages problem now so how manish sabarwal from niti aayog and he is so sorry he is an advisor to rbi he had to say that india does not really have a hmm. jobs problem india has a wages problem yeah, yeah. but since covid india has a jobs problem and india has a wages problem yeah yeah but survival i think like you know most delivery partners are looking on how to help their family sustain they are not looking at earning and saving money so they have to choose between going on strikes and delivering food and earning some money to take back home every day i would say it's a sad condition but it is a condition and it's a condition for i mean it's not a very happy moment for zomato or swiggy or amazon or any of these aggregators in any marketplace yep see uh, uh, while i agree with you uh, you know where you say that okay it's optional it's part time it, it and all of that right but uh, don't you think also most of these companies you know have always uh, positioned as, or sold this whole proposition as you know the next big winner or the next big honor for you right i mean that was the story that they were selling for the longest time i mean i can i can I get the first half of the thing again so you i mean i said while i agree that you know you say that uh, people are supposed to sort of consider this as their part time jobs and additional income right it's not necessarily a full time gig for all not of them right? yes yes it's not but don't you think that that's exactly what most of these platforms promise or their story was that you know you can earn xyz you can you know you can earn so much doing this blah 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 and they were actually doling out that kind of incentives obviously in the beginning and that sort of started you know reducing as as we moved along but the story was obviously something else that was being told versus where we are today so considering where like you mentioned the kind of unemployment that is there or you know the kind of place or the systems where we are in do you think it it probably is a fair responsibility of of the companies to sort of call it out and maybe make it a little more clear that you know this is not what's going to probably be your bread and butter maybe it's just always going to be bread for you or the butter so <laughs> i mean 
I mean, being like you know, I would I would take an approach here by like you know trying to explain that uh, Zomato and Swiggy and Uber and Ola and Taxi for sure and eCart and all of these other companies also were paying a fairly good amount of money to delivery people, to their delivery partners, their drivers, their business partners, whatever you call them. Like you know, you make them the co-founder also of your company. You name them anything, whatever you want to. But of course, I mean, COVID has made these guys consolidate their position in the market, consolidate their position, and reconcile all of their, uh, like you know, reconcile their position on what they really want to do in this market now. At some point, they would. So, I, I, uh, Zomato and Swig Zomato has made it very clear that they have started charging customers a good amount of delivery. So, in in Delhi, anything beyond three kilometers, they charge a surplus of they they almost charge over fifty sixty rupees. Extra to deliver that food to you, and a good part of that goes to the delivery partner also. So yes, in in terms of per order value, they've uh, shortened the amount from let's say they've reduced the amount from forty fifty rupees per order to thirty or twenty five rupees per order. But at the same time, they've given them an opportunity to deliver orders beyond a three kilometer radius and get that distance fee. So all in all, they're still earning about the same amount. I mean. of course like you know most of them are struggling because of low number of orders not because of low um, uh, a smaller amount of money that they're getting per order so i mean pre covid all both these aggregators were very aggressively hiring people so the number of delivery partners went up number of orders went down but the pool of delivery boys was still the same so more number of people trying to deliver lesser number of orders that was where the major agitation came from not from the fact that they were getting 30 rupees per order or like you know the amount got reduced by another 5 10 rupees it was all in all at the number of orders going down where even the guys who were working were not earning enough i remember during the lockdown when we were operational i used to find a lot of delivery uh, a lot of delivery partners standing outside my kitchen and we i used to ask them like you know just to gauge what the market is like on certain days these delivery executives give you the best position of how other restaurants are performing on certain day so you know we we have a daily practice of koi bhi rider like you know if you find a rider on the streets we ask them how's the market today he'll give you he'll give you a very honest opinion like today the market is good i have delivered 14 orders today that means that he found 14 orders to deliver So I mean during the lockdown I met riders who had delivered two orders in a day they they were locked in for 12 hours and two orders so in the entire day they earned 60 rupees 70 rupees at max so yeah I mean there was a problem but now I think it started getting back to normal and yeah. and I don't I don't think of it as a problem I mean it could be a problem if these companies get if these companies get really irrational about it and say we won't give you any order any fixed amount probably you get 10 rupees an order that would be an irrational position to hold got it yeah i think uh, yesterday there was uh, a report or i think the zomato guys uh, put out right that they are almost 85% back at the pre covid levels so that's a good thing to see and hopefully you know that that sort of continues to get better yeah cool i think uh, you know this is this is good uh, do you do you think i mean i think we've uh, covered about zomato swiggy i think i would like to understand let's assume today you being a cloud kitchen right being a delivery only kitchen 100 am i right to assume that 100% of your business is dependent on zomato swiggy and maybe danzo yeah. I would say it's a eighty twenty mix. 
they grew year on year as mncs the number of working there increased so they had a prop they probably did better numbers than like the entire cloud kitchen industry put together totally and and, and i'm pretty sure that like as you said sahaj like we the younger generation who are like into food and everything all of us at some point had this idea of starting a restaurant with our friends and the only limiting factor has been just like the capital and the running costs yeah. and all of that but going the cloud kitchen route seems like an easier and faster way to sort of still you know like live that dream to a certain degree is that is that right was that true for you as well i mean you have to choose between inculcating tech in your setup or bring a brick and mortar setup or probably being a mix of both if given an option if i had the capital back in those days i would i wouldn't have shy like you know i wouldn't shy away from opening a cafe also the reason being there your cash flow is very positive i mean if you're doing well and if let's say you are a 48 50 seater restaurant and if you are full even for two meal times you will be taking back cash home every day which does not happen in the cloud kitchen market because people are usually on a transaction plus three day model transaction plus seven day model so the money that i earn i should get today i get it on the 10th day but in a cafe i will walk away home with that cash so i mean that's that's also an orthodox approach of running business ki roz ghar cash leke jana hmm but again the capital over there is a lot more higher so it's a bigger bet i would say it's also about what cuisine you are offering in a brick and mortar like if i'm opening a vada pav store i would still open it in 7 lakh rupees or 6 lakh rupees i won't spend 60 lakh rupees opening a vada pav place okay. however if i'm opening a pizza delivery cloud kitchen compared to a pizza delivery small cafe with 30 seater the yes there is a difference of capital but uh, you have to decide like you know some people just like the vibe of hosting guests and you can never you can never replace physical human people present in your like you know in your dining from the feeling of having someone eat your pizza at home the hospitality at the end of the day i would i would really love to have a place where i can see my customers enjoying the food right in front of my eyes rather than me getting a positive review on an aggregator app i mean that is again very much appreciated like please like i mean i, I wouldn't mind those reviews the good ones but uh, yeah i mean physical appreciation seeing customers enjoy your food while you are sitting there that's another joy which cannot be replaced by any cloud kitchen in the world like you know human touch human touch is something that cannot be replaced by technology and of course like you know cloud kitchens now they have formally put a term to it so i think it majorly came from cloud storage that they thought like you know let's me name something a cloud kitchen but we all had a restaurant we all had two three restaurants in our vicinity that we used to order from even as kids when there were no aggregators you used to call them up and be like okay i'm calling from 203 so so call me and they would know your order acha we have to send one dal makhani to jira alu and what else do you want so i mean i used to order from restaurants so often that whenever they saw my number on their caller id they knew is order kya hoga yeah right so i mean obviously things are a lot different hmm. now but if you had to take a guess on what was like you know probably the market share between cloud kitchens and dine in like proper seat in restaurants mm. physical restaurants 
what do you think it would have been pre covid and how do you think that i have a bcg now? report pulled up right in front of me because i was just reading it before we got on the podcast i mean uh, <laughs> yes let me be a little uh, scientific i assume bcg would have done a good amount of research before like you know making this report public so how i see it pre covid would be that the market will fairly be at least three times the size that it is in the next 3 to 4 years so let's say if it stands at around 3 and a half uh, 4 billion dollars the food tech industry right now it will it is bound to go up to 9 billion dollars and i have been made to believe so by boston consulting group so i would i would stick by it and uh, majorly how i see the share of the market and share of cloud kitchens going up is india the i i won't talk about how it works in the globe i will talk about how it works in india right now like previously i would say ordering in was an occasional thing going to eat out was an occasional thing it wasn't like you know it's someone's birthday let's go to eat out that was the culture in india vis-a-vis the culture in any western country or any like you know even in a lot of asian countries is you cook at home when there is an occasion you usually eat out like you know it's it's a culture in america to like you know pick up a coffee a cup of coffee with a donut or a bagel every morning when they're on their walk to work however in india we had a culture of cooking breakfast at home eating at home now with a lot of corporates kicking in with a lot of people like you know starting to work in companies and like you know staying away from home that culture is going away because people started migrating away from their cities i mean someone who lived in chennai would probably not so not be so comfortable working in delhi 10 years back but now it's it's just a two hour flight for them it's a cheap 2 3 hour flight for them i would say cheap is the word here travel with travel becoming cheap migration became cheap with migration becoming cheap the concept of home has now become an idea just which is in your head it is not a physical home it is an idea in your head home is wherever you are staying so it is fairly easy for people for me to say that people from ordering in twice or thrice in a month will go to ordering at least 15 to 20 times in a month which is let's say a meal a day from a meal a day it might go up to two meals a day you could be dining in somewhere for 15 meals a day but still ordering in from somewhere in 30 meals a day so yes i mean the the fair share it's not like of course like in india so you can say we are you know expanding vertically and horizontally horizontally because of the amount of population going up every year and the number of users getting added to platform so you never know but i would still say like you know people will become more comfortable ordering in and they already have started getting more comfortable with ordering in so yes the market size is really dependent on how many users we add every day and aggregators are adding a lot of users to their platforms every day however post covid i would say with the poor personal disposable incomes going down people will become more calculative about what they are eating and that is one that is one transition that we've already started like you know seeing people are becoming discount hungry again which they had stopped over a couple of years that they were looking for good food and not cheap food but since covid when personal disposable incomes came down people are looking at getting a cheaper deal even on their favorite restaurants so taste and do you think that it's created such a huge impact uh, for your business or for businesses generally I mean, we sit in a rich market 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, we we have the comfort of sitting in a rich market in South Delhi. But like you know, but I would still say yes. We have a lot. Of, we we cater we cater a lot of students. We cater to a lot of uh, college going people. A lot of uh, corporate employees. We haven't really started seeing that trend. But I mean, from how, what I hear from people sitting in North Delhi, which is which is a lot of students because of Delhi University, there the trend has changed slightly. and i don't think it's very some i think it will bounce back with probably so you know india even as a country is not performing very well economically nor is the world as a whole but uh, india per se is quite bad right now but uh, yeah i mean i mean these things won't these when these, these things won't have a very long lasting uh, effect probably 3 4 months when people start resuming work they start going back to their workplaces the day they get their first salary again will be the day they start trending again <laughs> because right. they have this too much like you know they are saturated with the things they want to do but they can't do because of no cash right no cash no opportunity yeah. as well so yeah makes sense okay so let's let's move from the market uh, for mm. a second uh, you you have built such a great brand or brands as such what's what's next for shepherd foods for now we are in talks with a few investors but we are only looking at expanding to every nook and corner every lucrative nook and corner of delhi ncr in this country i mean we don't we don't we don't have the vision of expanding pan india or probably have a store in every city of the every tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 city of the country we are looking at you know we don't we don't want to expand in a very uh, haphazard way where we say we want to open an outlet every 3 days we want to open an outlet every 45 days and give that outlet a fairly like you know decent amount of time for it to like you know see its own organic growth journey give that outlet and, a fair shot for itself basically yeah and and also make sure that we are standard we have our product is standardized at that restaurant at that outlet and people like you know the the the, the, the level of training that goes into uh, training employees at a certain outlet is good enough they are we we we, we just don't think that um, with money in our bank we want to expand into every like you know delhi ncr according to numbers that we get from zomato and swiggy delhi ncr has a tw- like 20 to 25% of the business that they do they do it from delhi ncr so even if we are able to cater to this 20 to 25% in the next 3 years it's a big deal for us so let alone expanding pan india for now we will do it for probably 2 to 2 and a half years down the line we want to capture areas around us for now and talking about the fundraise yes uh, talking about the expansion plan sorry we are looking at parts of delhi ncr at least 15 to 20 outlets in and around us and yeah and inculcating a lot of tech in the back end that is one thing that we realize we are really going to push a lot of money into because tech is future tech is the future i mean even in an orthodox business like food you need tech not in cooking the food but in making sure the food is cooked the same every time and that requires a lot of tech a lot of understanding of tech also which which like you know we believe we've gained over a certain period of time for shepherd foods do you have like any other brands in the pipeline obviously you mentioned your milkshakes as such but anything else that you're looking at any other areas of the food market where you think there is opportunity i see uh asian food has a big market in india i mean not 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 authentic asian that indian asian indian chinese has never had a place in india because even the sushi that you want to eat <laughs> would probably be a crunchy chicken tandoori mayo sushi 
so <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we 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 can indianize everything if we can make a butter chicken pizza and a butter chicken pasta and to be very honest we have it and we sell it and we sell it in huge numbers so i mean i i i won't shy away from the fact of saying yes we are guilty of serving this food but this is what the public wants this is what the market wants so authentic asian food not so much but asian food as a whole i believe will be the new upcoming thing and let's let's wait and see what will the next momos be so Good <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I for some reason have a feeling that ice creams might start do doing very well in India. Ice creams are ice creams, huge. Ice creams are huge, at least from in 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 the Hyderabad. Huge, yeah. yeah, it's insane. Ice creams are huge in Hyderabad because of have more because of Cooper and Holly because of a few brands yeah. that we know of. Cream, cream stone, stone, cream stone. Yeah, it's it's. But massive. rest of India, I still feel it's a fairly. Uh, I mean, it's it's a huge market. It's a huge untapped market. I think India, anyways, has the whole country has sweet tooth, right? Everybody loves. Yeah. Food, so. I mean, I'm still I'm still wondering, like, why have you guys not touched ice cream yet? So I think <laughs> I do believe that uh, could be doing very well very soon. Interesting. I think once they just nail the whole uh, delivery aspect of his make sure aspect of it, make sure like it doesn't free or like melt or anything. I think. India. Uh, Yes, supply chain in India is more complex than supply chain anywhere in the world. Yeah, and that's because of our infrastructure. It's so like <laughs> unpredictable. If there are three things that you would say to a friend of yours who is starting a cloud kitchen organization or a cloud kitchen company, or what would your advice be? Understand the market you want to get into before understanding your desire to open a cloud kitchen. I mean. it's very important to be sure of what cuisine you want to get into what your personal interest in the cuisine is and what your understanding of food in general is don't think of this as a like you know this is not you're not manufacturing something you are cooking something that a real human being will take inside his body so make sure you hit the spot with it and i would still say like you know most people just jump into the industries thinking ki i will sell chinese food and indian food and italian food and probably whatever cuisine i can in the same setup don't do that i mean have a more organized approach to it think about it work out the numbers very well and yes 99% people who fail at this fail because they go wrong in the costing you have to understand that if the cost of manufacturing something is 50 rupees you cannot give a 60% discount selling it because you are in a net net 10% loss only on selling the product so that is what a lot of big kitchen funded aggregators also did to get every customer they were spending 150 rupees and they could only make a sale of 100 rupees to that customer so their cac which is the customer acquisition cost was they used to recover they still i mean there there are still companies that recover their customer acquisition cost in the fourth order how do you expect them to be profitable in a long long time so if you are aiming profitability you should know how to get customers at a cheap cost you cannot be marketing for 2 lakh rupees only to do a business of 1 lakh rupees plus all of your expenses and i have really seen people do it i mean i think that has become the new model for players cash rich players in every aspect of the industry yeah let it be tech let it be food let it be anything exactly the geo model i i free rate geo model will repay them at some point they acquired users they acquired real time users 
which are who are now addicted to using jio can you take yeah. that addiction away from them but will that customer be addicted to your product to order for the fifth time to help you recover your cac on the fifth order makes sense think otherwise uh, if we are yeah. like companies i think life would just be easier right <laughs> i thought we were ambitious from what i hear he loves street food and he cannot have it because of health reasons so i mean but i can have as many vada pavs as i want <laughs> Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, If he's hearing this, I love him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one last question: You've been in the space for a while now. You understand the space very well. You've done very well as well. Uh, what do you think the future is for cloud kitchens or for the food, food industry tech. in general? Let's call it food tech. Food tech, food industry, whatever. Restaurants bound to grow at any cost, at any rate, but it has to grow from here. i mean uh, the one reason yes i would say is because people are getting more accustomed to ordering in day in day out and i as a zomato or a swiggy user i order in at least 30 meals a month so if i can be there a person who does not have the time to cook and who does not who stay who stays away from home will order more number of times i mean that number is will it it it, it will go up it's bound to go up. so good times are coming yeah i think the worst is behind for the food industry let's just let you know let's not jinx it by saying it <laughs> let's 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 so bad the worst behind us yeah. i think great having you on the podcast uh, sahej thank you so much for your time thanks for uh, you know, sharing all the knowledge and insights and i hope all the brands do very well pizza burger salad and the upcoming uh, brownies shakes Shakes. and brownies yeah Yeah. so yeah i hope all of them do 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 really well (laughs) i think that's a great note to end on thank you sahaj for taking time to do this we really appreciate it and wish you all the success in the future thanks for listening to the episode That was a good one. A big thanks to Sahaj for taking time out and coming on to the podcast. I think it was very informative and very insightful, especially for people who are looking at getting into the cloud kitchen industry. And if you are listening to us from Delhi, I would suggest get on Swiggy or Zomato and order food from any of the brands, Pomp, Bimbo or Delhi Salad Co. I can personally vouch for the great quality of food. Hope you like this episode. We look forward to your feedback and comments on social media. We are at Boiled Egg Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Our podcast is available on almost all major podcast aggregation platforms: iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. In India, we are also available on Jio Seven and Gaana, making things a little easier. All our episode artwork is by the talented Renu at R A Y underscore N G K on Instagram. That's it for this time. Catch you in the next one. Till then, take care. Enjoy some good food. Bye bye.